welcome to the third and final podcast in our 2020 Key Cases podcast series. In the lead up to Christmas, we've been bringing you the most significant employment cases from this year and looking at the key takeaway points for HR. I'm Anna West, Knowledge Counsel in the Employment Team. And I'm Shani Edwards, an Associate in the Employment Team. Today we're going to be looking at some interesting discrimination cases covering gender reassignment discrimination and religion and belief discrimination. That's right. And in fact, most of the cases cover the potential clash between different discrimination protections. But first, there has been a recent decision on gender reassignment discrimination, which has looked at more complex gender identities, hasn't there? That's right. So in autumn this year, the Employment Tribunal gave its judgment in the case of Taylor and Jaguar Land Rover, which was a gender reassignment discrimination case. Ms Taylor had worked as an engineer for Jaguar Land Rover for many years. Having previously identified as male, from 2017 onwards, she identified as gender fluid and non-binary and usually dressed in female clothing. She was subjected to insults and abusive jokes at work and found management unsupportive. She brought claims of harassment and discrimination on grounds of gender reassignment. Now, the equality laws are drafted to protect individuals who are proposing to undergo, currently undergoing, or have undergone gender reassignment. The employer in this case argued that this doesn't include a person who is gender fluid or non-binary, but the tribunal disagreed. They said that gender reassignment discrimination laws do cover gender fluidity and non-binary gender. And the employer came in for some criticism in this case, didn't it? Yes, the tribunal expressed their surprise that there was no proper support, training or enforcement on diversity matters until the employee raised her concerns in 2017. And that even though the employer had a very good equal opportunities policy, none of the witnesses had ever seen it. So I guess it doesn't matter how well your diversity policy is written if no one ever actually sees it. Exactly. And I think there are two practical takeaway points coming out of this case. The first is that it's worth revisiting your equal opportunities policy if you haven't done so recently and make sure it does reference the more complex gender identities. And also make sure that all your employees know about your policies and have had training on them. If any of your staff were to end up being witnesses in an employment tribunal, and let's hope they don't, you want them to be able to say that not only are they familiar with your equal opportunities policies, but they have had training in them as well, because this helps to demonstrate your commitment to diversity. Now, this case focused on discrimination against someone who identified as non-binary. But what about people who hold beliefs about gender and gender fluidity more generally? Well, that's actually a theme we've seen this year as well. In Higgs and Farmer's School, a pastoral administrator and work experience manager at a secondary school, who was a Christian, was dismissed after it came to light that she was sharing some quite inflammatory posts on her Facebook page that were against the teaching of same-sex relationships, same-sex marriage and gender choices. So she brought a claim against the school for harassment and discrimination on the grounds of her philosophical beliefs under the religion and belief discrimination laws. So she was claiming then that opposing same-sex marriage and gender fluidity amounts to a protected characteristic as a philosophical belief? Yes, exactly. And the tribunal did actually find 
that the belief that gender cannot be fluid and the belief that someone cannot change their biological sex or gender are both protected beliefs, even if they may be offensive or upsetting. That's interesting. So if her beliefs were protected then, did the tribunal find she had been discriminated against? Well, no. The tribunal decided that her beliefs were protected, but didn't find that the school had discriminated against her or harassed her. Leadership at the school were concerned when they found out about the Facebook posts because Mrs Higgs' Facebook page was accessible by other members of staff and some parents of the children at the school. Not to mention the fact that the posts could be shared and circulated more widely anyway. The school carried out a disciplinary process and ended up dismissing Mrs Higgs because the Facebook posts were offensive and arguably went further than her protected beliefs. And this could have had a negative impact on the pupils, the parents of the pupils, other staff members at the school and the wider community. So what would you say are the key takeaways in this case? Well, I think what's interesting about this case is that the tribunal held that beliefs against gender fluidity and that an individual cannot change their biological sex or gender were worthy of respect in a democratic society and could amount to protected philosophical beliefs. And I think that strays from the tribunal's decision in the Forstatter case, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. So that's our third case, the case of Forstatter and CGD Europe. And that involved a consultant at a non-profit think tank. She posted a series of tweets questioning government plans to let people declare their own gender. And following those tweets, CGD did not renew her contract. She claimed that she'd been discriminated against based on her belief that there are only two biological sexes and that it's not possible to change from one sex to another. In Ms. Forstatter's view, this was a philosophical belief which should be protected under the religion and belief discrimination laws. But the Employment Tribunal disagreed. They decided that her belief could not be protected because it was incompatible with the human dignity and fundamental rights of others, namely the rights of transgender individuals. So why do you think the result in this case was different to the result in the Higgs case? Well, it is really difficult to see why these cases reach different conclusions. The Higgs case, which you were discussing earlier, came after the Forstatter case. They were both employment tribunal cases and tribunals don't have to follow the decisions of earlier tribunals. It looks as though the tribunal in Higgs thought the Forstatter case was different because the claimant there might have misgendered a transgender person and they didn't think Miss Higgs would have done, but that's not really clear and I don't think it's a particularly useful distinction. Right. So what do you think employers should do in practice if they do have an employee who is expressing views like this? There's a really fine line for employers to tread here. It's not always clear, as we can see from both these cases, when an employee's beliefs will be protected. And it's certainly risky to discipline someone for having certain views. However, you might be justified in taking action in relation to how uh, and where they express these views. So if they were expressing views in a way which others could regard as offensive, then disciplinary action may be appropriate. You need to separate the views themselves from the way in which they're expressed and the impact that might have but it would always depend on the individual circumstances of each case. 
But one thing I think is clear here is that LGBTQ rights and the debate around whether certain views about sex, marriage and gender are protected beliefs seems to have been a recurring theme this year. And this is not likely to be the end of the story, is it? No. Next year, we'll probably hear more from the cases we've just discussed because Ms Forstatter has appealed to the Employment Appeal Tribunal and it looks like Mrs Higgs intends to appeal as well. And are there any other appeal decisions we should be keeping an eye out for? You might remember the case of Macarath and the Department for Work and Pensions. This case was heard last year and the Employment Tribunal found that a Christian doctor was not discriminated against for refusing to address transgender patients by their preferred pronouns. Dr. Macarath has appealed the Employment Tribunal's decision, so we can expect an update on that next year. Then there's also the case of Page and the Lord Chancellor and Lord Chief Justice. This summer, the Employment Appeal Tribunal decided that a magistrate was not victimised on the grounds of religion after failing to sign an approval order for same-sex adoption and then making a televised appearance to discuss the situation. This has been appealed to the Court of Appeal, so that's definitely one to watch. And of course, there is the Lee and Asher's Baking Company case. Oh yes, the famous cake case. That's been going on for a long while now, hasn't it? Didn't the Supreme Court make a decision on it a few years ago? Yes, it did. In 2018, the Supreme Court held that the owners of a Christian bakery were not guilty of direct discrimination for refusing to bake a cake that said support gay marriage on it. This has been appealed to the European Court of Human Rights, so this case rumbles on for another year. Well, this is certainly an area of employment law to watch next year. As ever, we will keep you updated through our employment updates. If you don't already receive those and would like to, then please let us know and we'll be very happy to add you to the list. We'll also be producing more webinars and podcasts next year covering what is coming up in 2021. So please do look out for those. So it just remains to say, thank you for joining us today. We hope you found this podcast useful and we look forward to seeing you next time. Oh,